Welcome back, friends. Welcome back. It's time for another episode, a Strange and Beautiful Book Club episode, a Strange and Beautiful Book Club movie episode, where we continue to explore the works of William Eubanks. In this case, his 2014 sci-fi offering, The Signal. Yet another generically named movie. William. William. This, is a, this isn't specifically to you, but it's a PSA for everyone who makes these movies. Please, for the love of fucking God, give them a distinct title so that we can find them. I think there's actually another movie called The Signal. Uh, there's at least two, maybe three movies called Signal. Yeah. And there's at least two movies called The, the Signal. Signal. Yeah. So it was hard to find this movie. Yeah. It was. But here we are. And we watched it. We persevered. <laughs> it was easier to find than love. That, that's true. Yeah, love that's I true. had to Google, figure out what service it was on, go to that service, search for it, knowing I was going to be able to find it, and go through the results until I got to it. Well, we watched The Signal. This one had a uh, quadruple the budget. No, more well, Before than we get too far. Oh, sorry. Hi, I'm Rachel. And I'm Matt. Welcome to the Strange and Beautiful Book Club. I'd say we would start doing that right at the beginning so we won't forget, but I don't know. I feel like we're all I think dogs, we'll forget. And that's that's a too new of a trick. Um, so this budget was $4 million. I just said that's four times the $500,000 budget. That is not correct. Um, eight. Eight times. So he had a lot more to work with, and I think he spent approximately $6 million on um, Lawrence Fishburne. And space, space suits. And slow motion cameras. I'm beginning to notice some trademarks here. Yeah. Extreme face close-ups and slow motion scenes. Yes. We'll have to see if that carries through to Underwater, which is the next one. Um, This starred Brenton Thwaites. Who's moved on to some other things? Yeah, all of these people have gone on. Actually, most of them have gone on and at least been in other stuff, whether it's big stuff or not. Olivia Cook was in um, Ready Player One. She was Artemis. Bo Knapp has been in like a bunch of Law & Order episodes. <laughs> so that's basically success. I mean, he's fine. He, yeah. 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 Is he a recurring character? I'm not sure. I didn't get that far. But when he's not wearing the getup, mm -hmm. he's far more... Um, marketable. I don't know gotcha. how to put that. I don't know how to put that delicately. Conventionally attractive. Conventionally attractive. Yeah, this is an interesting movie. Um, it uses my least favorite character type, which is the precocious, I know it all teenager who's trying to put one over on the evil adults that are trying to keep them down. I don't. Yeah. It's not my favorite. It's right up there. <laughs> it's right up there with the douchebag dude who rules his douchebag post-apocalyptic kingdom, and he keeps the hero from being able to do what they need to do because I'm a douchebag dude, and I don't want to give up my douchebag kingdom. They're about they're about on par, I think. And then we I get, think one becomes the other in the right situation, right? And in this situation, we actually get two precocious teenage dudes who know it all and who egg each other on. We're trying to stop the adults from. I don't know. Oppressing raining, them. Oppressing them with data. What well, I don't know what. what. <laughs> I mean, the setup is a little bit. I don't know. Okay, that's, that's fine. That's fine. I don't know. It's not great. I um, really appreciated in the beginning of the movie when they're talking about hacking stuff and showing like computer screen. Yeah. Like log output. It's it's not implausible. Right. So. Although, 
some of the things might be redundant, like open up your computer and open a Linux terminal. He would know that his computer was running Linux. So he could just say, open up your computer and open a terminal. Yeah. Meh. But, but yeah, most people don't know. Right. What you got to throw is. enough so, technical jargon in there for people to be like, ooh, computer stuff. Like they're doing real fancy yeah. computer stuff. Although they, they mentioned uh, using Nmap, which is a tool that is used for hacking because it can scan open network ports and tell you what versions of things are running that are actually listening on those ports. It's it's a an actual tool you, tool you would use. And then the, the terminal output that's on the screen is what you would see if you ran Nmap and scanned for open ports. So kudos. Excellent. One of the most realistic hacking scenes <laughs> that I've ever seen in literally any movie. Ever? Ever. Yeah. We should watch Hackers someday. <sighs> Angelina Jolie. Sure. And they have the, the laptops where the screen is actually only like four inches by five inches mm -hmm. in the middle of the of the lid. <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, you probably felt the same way about most hacking scenes, the way I felt about the pottery element of in the, the invitation. invitation. Yeah. Yeah. But we're going to do the invitation someday just so I can fucking go off on how poorly they did that. But that's fine. You know what? I'm going to I got to find my happy place because it's not what we're talking about. I was reading through some reviews to kind of try to get a handle on how I felt about this movie. And was it like commensurate with how other people were feeling about this movie? And this was another one where you either love it or you hate it. I watched this soon after it came out and I enjoyed it. Yeah. Not, it wasn't like a great movie. Yeah. But it was a, a well done movie. Yeah. In the in the gradual reveal of kind of the scope of what was happening. Right. There was actually just kind of a continuous increase in the severity, the the what the fuckness? Yeah. Yeah. That's probably a good a good word for <laughs> of it. What was happening? Yeah, it is. It's fine. Um I didn't really get a good grasp on how I felt about this movie thanks to the reviews because they were wildly unhelpful. But one guy did have a review where he didn't add stars. He just added a review, which I thoroughly appreciated. And it was basically like, well, why are there so many people here just to complain about this movie? Are you getting paid to come complain about this movie? Because this movie is fine. Why did you? I feel the same way about most. Like if, if I'm on a four out of five range or a three out of five range, I'm probably not going to go find the movie and rate it. If I felt it had problematic parts of it, like problematic representation or problematic whatever, I will go and do a low rating just to be like to express that I felt it was problematic. Yeah. But other than that, like meh, you're not going to get a rating from me because meh. Right. Response meh. bias. Yeah. Meh doesn't feel like a reason for me to like seek out the review and make a meh review about something. And that was basically his point was like, guys, it's a low budget or it's a small budget sci-fi movie it's fine it's not it's not a master's thesis is what he said he was like it's not a master's thesis it's just fun so just relax yeah. and enjoy it and that's yeah it's basically just relax and enjoy it i think my main issue is just this is my least favorite kind of character and not only do we have two of these characters but we combine them with a mary sue who very quickly becomes just the plot device which is Haley, one of the character's girlfriends. The MacGuffin. Sort of girlfriends. She agrees to have them help her drive across country, but knowing the one is using it as an excuse to break up with her. Right. They're dating, but she start, She realizes that yeah. he's going to try to break up with her. I know. She's like a Mary he Sue. Has, he has some kind of condition. Yeah, Some kind of, which we don't get an explanation for. Uh, chronic, what's the word? I don't know, some kind for of degenerative disease. Degenerative. Yeah, where he now is using, um, like, they're crutches. not crutches, they're the, like, right, the, they have a different name, but they're the, like, arm braces that you use to walk um, to add strength to your legs. But, I mean, whatever. She's kind of like a Mary Sue and a MacGuffin all rolled into one. <laughs> It's like, look, here's the girl you're going to do shit for. 
da, 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 da. So very early on, she's like, I know what you're going to do. You're going to break up with me. This is all some elaborate ruse to give me like one last trip with you. And then you're going to go. And he's like, but no, let's no, but no. And so she like takes her necklace off and tries to hand it back to him. And he won't take it because it must be something special between the two of them. So she just tosses it off the cliff into the canyon, into the canyon. And prior to this, he's at a, a, a gas station. It's like the first time we see him. And this character is trying to use the claw machine to grab this little kid. Just mm-hmm. trying to use the claw machine to grab stuffies out of the um, claw machine. And this is supposed to be an allusion to what's about to happen to them. Oh, what? Grabbed out of the... Grabbed from the yeah. sky? Yeah. In a little glass bowl. Yoinked. Yeah. Yeah. So... I mean, there's a lot of layers here. There's a lot of um, William Eubank, uh, I guess, intended to have a lot of misdirection, a lot of how how soon are they in the Matrix kind of thing, mm-hmm. um, which it, it's kind of interesting because immediately they're riding. One of them gets like a text from Nomad that says, are you agitated? Yeah. Uh, email. Yeah. No, no, they don't get an email. They get it. Or does he find the email on his phone? Because then they pull up their laptop. And they're emailing him back. Yeah. They're emailing Nomad back. But right as they leave the gas station, they see this bridge. Right. Spanning the canyon. And you see the same bridge when they're traveling on the one road. Yeah. That exists wherever they end up. So how soon are they in the... Are they already there? Are they already there? Hmm. Because they get out their laptop and they hack it. Can we hack it? Oh, we should do a cobra. What's the one with the guy gets bitten by a cobra and struck by lightning at the same time? Kung Fury. Kung Fury. They're making a second one. I think they made the second one. Did they, did they already come out? I don't know. But there's they, hack- made a, they made a video game. There's Hacker Man. And he's like, I can hack it. So they hack it. And this is the part where they use Linux and the power of hacking to be able to figure out where this signal is coming from. So they follow the signal to this little house. Um, the worst part of this is they are driving his girlfriend's car. November. Kung Fury 2. Nice. They are driving his girlfriend's car, taking her to some predetermined destination, and they're basically like, yeah, we're taking your car and we're taking you and we're, we're tracking down this mystery man that was able to hack into our laptop and watch us from the laptop. At a hotel. At a hotel. And then was able to get a picture of your car on a security camera. And now we're going to hunt him down all by ourselves because we're teenage mediocre white dudes and we think we can do whatever the fuck we want. And it's not going to get. We are absolutely untouchable. And they, they're they going to drop her off. And she's like, no, I want to meet this guy, which is bullshit. No woman is going to say that. Every woman in this situation is like, what the fuck is wrong with you? This is my car. If you want to go meet him, fine. Go grab an Uber. I'll see you later. Bye. If it's her car, how are they going to get back? Are they going to fly back? I don't know. They don't get that far. This isn't that kind of movie. Because for some reason... Uh, Explaining explaining things, explaining the backstory, clarifying the world building yeah. is not this movie. It is movie. not that movie. Because they get to this house and it's clearly abandoned. And they're like, okay, well, we're going to go check it out, see what's in there. And she's waits in the car after all of that. So they get out their camera and they're recording themselves going around. And they get down in the basement and they find an empty server rack. And then they hear something. I didn't hear what they heard, but all of a sudden they're like, Haley! And they run out of the house, and she's not in the car, and all the doors are open, and the radio is just scanning through the channels. And then they turn towards the bush, and we see her for a second, and then she gets... Stuck in a beam of light. Yeah, yoinked up. Okay. I mean, that's the setup. Yeah. If, that um, was, if I was Haley, I'd be like, fuck you! <laughs> <laughs> you did this! Like... IP address geolocation yeah. is not super reliable. Right. Um, yeah. They even if, say that. They're like, they're probably using this as a pass-through or this is probably a... Or just turning an IP address into an address is like, it's all self-reported. Yeah. So, well, 
what you can end up doing is some like routers have GPS built in. Yeah. And they will report GPS, whatever, just to get an idea. But it's mostly done by the ISPs. The ISPs will say this block of IP addresses is for this region. Yeah. And so most of the time, all you can do is narrow it down to maybe a city. Right. Maybe like a quarter of a state in the U.S. Yeah. And then beyond that, you need self-reported GPS coordinates. Correct. So for them to just very e- very quickly and confidently narrow this down to an actual residential address is extremely suspicious. Utter bullshit? Bullshit. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah. If if they did a like a geo location IP address lookup for that for the IP address that Nomad was hacking from and they immediately got an exact residential address that's a red flag. It should have been. Somebody would have had to like actually report that. Yeah. Deliberately. So that IP address could be literally anywhere on the planet. Right. But report itself as here. Correct. So. Well, you know why they don't question it? They don't actually understand how all this stuff works. They do, but they're mediocre, semi-intelligent white dudes who've been told they're gifted their entire lives and they don't fucking question their own brilliance. Uh, I'm I'm a mediocre, semi-intelligent white dude (laughs) who's been criticized for not being good enough my entire life. So I... You would immediately I, question I've been, it. I've been conditioned to always <laughs> question my initial reactions to things because he just needs to try harder. Mm-hmm. Hooray, growing up neurodivergent <laughs> in the 90s. Uh, so here we are with this setup, which is not my favorite setup, but here we are. And then we get to the cool part, which is... Yes, he now we get up. to the fun part. Yeah. I wish we'd gotten here in a way that like count my interest a little bit better but eh, that's okay here we are and he's talking to lawrence fishburne which we saw his profile it's like his like a part of his nose and his chin and his forehead in this spacesuit. and matt goes is that lawrence fishburne i would just like you to know we identified lawrence fishburne by approximately a quarter inch of skin (laughs) (laughs) I he has a distinctive he, cheek. He does have a distinctive cheek. Like, I think that is Lawrence Fishburne. And they pan around. And it's like, huh, surprise, Lawrence Fishburne. And he's trying to write with a ballpoint pen and it's not working, which I guess is supposed to be a like initial illusion that they might not be on Earth because ballpoint pens don't work in space. Ballpoint pens Listen. don't work in space. When... <laughs> the, uh, <laughs> I read the IMDb trivia. <laughs> when you're in okay. orbit, yeah. if you can feel gravity, like a resistance to gravity, like you're standing on something that's holding you up, ballpoint pens work. Yeah. If you're in free fall, like quote unquote zero gravity, that's when ballpoint pens don't work. Right. But... Listen. Okay, from a <laughs> from a low resolution yeah. uh, science pers- yeah. sci-fi perspective. Okay. Yeah. I can see how that could be intended as an illusion. Right. <laughs> to them being in space. Okay. Yes. Sure. You know what this feels like to me? A like slightly less successful version of sci-fi mindfuck um of Pandorum. Okay. Like where Pandorum is, what the fuck is happening the entire time? And you feel very unsettled, like what the fuck is happening the entire time? And I think William Eubank was going for that, but I think he was going for periods of, oh, I think I've got it. Followed by, oh, snap, I don't got it. More of a an up and down in your confidence in your worldview. Right. And I think maybe that choice wasn't, uh, for me, didn't have the same sort of effect because I was like, oh, okay, another twist. All right, well, what's the next twist going to be? When I'm in it and I know we're going to be twisty-turny, it's fine. But when I'm like, oh, I can't. Okay, you're just luring me into comfort right now. I don't 
I don't know, because at first he wants to contact his parents. Okay, here, here, we, here we are like, probably at the root of my actual problem, which is the uncooperative nature of this kid. He is a child. He is in an unsettled situation. And he is immediately combative. He, he has successfully navigated the, I don't know, power hierarchy, resulting in him going to MIT. Right. There's a lot of bureaucracy that you have to cooperate with to get into a high-tier school like that. Yeah. For him to have successfully navigated his way into MIT, but then face some can extra bureaucracy because he's in this facility and his gut instinct is to just be an asshole yeah and resist the bureaucracy is not especially plausible no no well kate always gets on me she says i'm too hard on teenagers and it's this guy could be up to like 20 or 21. I mean, he could be 20 or 21. I don't know. Maybe it feels like maybe it's supposed to feel like lack of maturity. But what it feels like is the first time this mediocre white dude who's semi-intelligent has ever been challenged in his entire life. <laughs> like challenged in that someone won't give him what he wants. And he doesn't know yeah. how to compute that. It's I want to talk to my parents. Well, you can't talk to your parents. Well, what the fuck can't I talk to my parents instead of okay, well, then what is the situation? And they're like, okay, can you still not feel your legs? One thing I really like about this movie is the slowness of the reveal uh, yeah. of the the actual, like, alien influence. Yeah, the, that it actually is alien. I mean, we yeah. get the whoop, and then we get the cool, like, they wheel in the, like, the VCR cart, yeah. and they show that video with the alien face in the tree. That freaked me out. I don't know. People watching you and you don't know they're watching you, you want to freak me out? That freaked me out. That was probably the scariest part of the movie for me was the like, <gasps> there was something there. And had our com computer TV been working better, I would have gone back and watched the original video. But it was like, no, go to bed. So that part was actually kind of scary. And the intermix of, you know, older and newer technology was supposed to feel unsettling. The fact that we've grounded this pretty solidly in 2014 with the smartphones and the laptops. Mm -hmm. But then he's using pen and paper, VCR cart, landline telephone. You know what plot line never came to fruition was what was the thing that ate the cow? Did it actually eat the cow? Well, the cow was Or it like, was in the room with the cow. Well, the cow was like disappearing around the corner like it was being pulled. Okay. And then it escaped. Yeah. And so he tries to escape while it's on the loose. And then he comes down the hallway and there's two marks along the side of the hallway. I was thinking that might have been Jonah. I mean, I guess it could have been Jonah. Did they try to feed Jonah a cow? Were they like... I, I don't, that might have been another experiment. What's he going to do with the cow? Because he comes in and the lights turn off. Like, like the thing has turned the lights off. Yeah, And then when it comes back on, the cow is like disappearing around a corner. And then they're like, the subject is, is on the loose. Like the subject is broken free. Yeah. But no one seems particularly worried about it, I guess, because the whole thing is a prison. So it doesn't really mm -hmm. matter. But at the same time, well, we don't really clear up like what that was. Yeah. I don't know. We meet Jonah later, and he got the bullshit power. Let me tell you that much. Power hands. Power hands. What the fuck? But he can do, like, the shockwave punch the ground Yeah, thing. but he can't type. Right, which was his superpower. Right. I mean, the one kid who couldn't walk, they gave him new legs. Well, okay, that's well, that makes sense. But the kid that was perfectly fine, they were like, I don't know, fuck it, his hands. Whatever, just take those. It's fine. <laughs> he, he wears glasses. Let's not... Yeah, let's, that. let's not fix that. Oh, no, no. Let's not even give him better glasses. Let's just give him monster hands. That's fine. It's fine. It's fine. Whatever. It's fine. It's fine. Um, I don't know. We're supposed to not know if they're talking through the vent or if they are talking through the vent, which doesn't make a lot of sense because he says he can't feel his arms, just like Nick can't feel his legs. So right. now we know Jonah probably has re replaced arms. And then he says his glasses are broken and we meet him later. His glasses are broken. So he clearly actually was talking to to the vent unless Jonah was never real. 
and then the construct of him was had broken glasses and hand. But we don't explore that fully I, enough. I think the saying that Jonah wasn't real was just psychological manipulation. Oh, okay. I mean, we don't explore it enough. Like, we don't, you know what I mean? We have all these really great concepts where you could have really unsettled me right. in what There's was reality. There's all these hooks where exploring it would have increased his feeling of um, disconnection yeah. from reality. Right, and our feeling of disconnection from reality yes. in the movie, but we don't explore it fully enough to really... That's what I'm saying. Like This is was trying to do what like, Event Horizon or Pandorum did. but Or even Dark City, where Dark City is right. creating this sense of what is real, what is not real. But it, it does that by exploring the weirdness. Right. By, by actually giving us details about the inhabitants. Right. Or about the we actually get entities that ex- we, are manipulating us. We get nothing because our main character is so combative and uncooperative. We don't get any good dialogue. We just get Lawrence Fishburne trying to connect Damon. Damon trying to connect. And Nick being like, well, you're an idiot and I fucking hate you. Okay, well... Let me see my girlfriend. Why don't you cooperate to try to draw some more information out? And there's that whole speech that he gives where he's like, well, where do you think your girlfriend is? And he's like, back down the wall... Or no, the clock. Why are all the clocks broken? And he's like, what clock is broken? And he goes, back down the hallway with four doors on the left and three doors on the right and then two turns left. Gives exact directions. Get the the fuck out. I didn't need your... (laughs) I didn't need your knowledge, dick. Whipped out and waggled in my face. That's okay. I get to the real smart character. Get it, okay? Like, stop, stop, stop. A really smart character is going to analyze the situation and work through it. What you're giving me read is- the room. This is the, I think, typical uh, intelligence versus wisdom dynamic. Yeah, where he's very far on the intelligence scale. But really low on the wisdom scale. Wisdom scale. I just feel like if we'd shaken this character up, made him a little bit more manipulative and a little bit less combative, because this character has one emotion from immediately. As soon as shock. As soon as Nomad emails them, are you agitated? He's agitated for the remainder of the movie. There is no other emotion. He's either channel some Catherine Tate. I ain't bothered. He's either agitated and sad. He's agitated and confused. He's agitated and agitated. He's agitated. And then they show that picture with his face. And I was like, oh, look at that. That's the same face he's been making this entire movie. And then they pan (laughs) back to him. (laughs) And he's making the same face. He's making the same face. And then the next three scenes, he's making the same face. And then every time we pan in on his eyes, he's doing the like intense lowered eye thing. Like, I'm really angry and I'm really, really smart. You can tell by the way I'm glaring at you. (laughs) Okay. And then we have Haley, who could have been a really interesting character. But at this point, she is literally so superfluous. She's unconscious unless she's For the rest of the movie. Well, she's unconscious for for part of it. And then we need her to interact with him. Like so a she little wakes bit. up. So she wakes up and she's like, I had a dream. You won the regionals. And then she goes back to coma land. And then, then he escapes with her by using his robot power legs. And as soon as they get out of the bunker, she's like, good morning. Because we needed her now. He couldn't carry her. That'd be a boring movie. So she needed to be awake, which he does not question at all. He's like, oh, good. She's awake now. That's that's uh, lucky. She Ooh, woke up just when we damn. got out. Perfect timing. Thank just you, Just when Haley. it would have gotten difficult for me to continue to transport her on the gurney. Right. And yeah. so they go to a truck stop. Well, no, they get in a car and she falls asleep again because we don't need her right now. So she passes out. And he has that conversation with that woman. And I was like, oh, my God, it's like riding in the car with my mother. I really appreciated this character. Can you hear them? You have to listen with your mouth open. <laughs> like this. <laughs> that, okay, so this is. That's the best character in the whole movie. <laughs> Her. Yeah, I think that's yeah. the, that is the most compelling character in the entire movie. Yeah. And she, she really starts to establish like. Shit's weird here. Yeah. And, but they just go along with it. Right. And Lawrence Fishburne is like, if you go out, I won't be able to protect you from them. I can only protect you down here, which we don't ever, that never comes back. That's gone. I hoped you liked that line because that's gone. 
And then they're highly contagious, but we don't know what they're contagious with. And Lawrence Fishburne has that giant case that he carries around. He finally opens the case, and it's just a single handgun in the middle of this case. A handgun where the trigger guard is way too narrow for his gloved finger to fit through. Shh, shh, shh. No, 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 no. That's not that movie. We already established that. Yeah. So they go to the truck stop, and wouldn't you know it, we need Haley to advance the plot again, so she wakes up. And then she gets in the cab of the truck. He's like, sit here. Don't move. I got stuff I got to do. So he goes to talk to the people in the truck stop, try to get a map, try to figure out where they are. Meanwhile, she just gets up and climbs in the cab of the truck, and then the the truck drives off. And so then he has to chase this truck down. Well, he, he gets on the payphone, and he picks up the payphone, and every time he picks up the payphone, it says, like, this line is... No, it says this uh, network uh, is unavailable. Right, but if he's such a hacker, if he's such a great hacker, he should be knowledgeable about the history of hacking and... He should know about the, like, Captain Crunch. Yeah. Like, whistle, uh, <laughs> phone, long-distance phone hacking stuff. Yeah. And he Can should you... know that when you pick up a payphone, you should hear a dial tone. You don't immediately hear a voice response. You have to connect to somewhere else to hear the voice response. It's never going to tell you this network is unavailable. You're just not going to get a dial tone. Right. It's not a cell phone. That's not how those work. But that that may be just a lack. Or you got the boo, boo, boo. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that may be just a lack. The caller you have dialed the, is out of service. Oh, expertise of the people helping write the script. But they got the first part right. With Nmap, I don't know. They've probably never interacted with a payphone. Maybe all the real hackers were too nerdy. You know what? It's probably like my niece. Okay, so I know I bring my niece up a lot. Poor Gracie is actually a really nice person. So I don't want you to feel like she's not. However, she's very Gen Z, so she gives me a lot to work with. So she has a friend who is very goth. Uh, Neo-goth? I don't know what they call them. The, the new ones, you know, the young ones where they're, they're trying to be like we were when we were young. Very goth. And I was like, oh, have you seen The Crow? Because to me, that's the goth manifesto. It's grunge rock. It's dark. It's the entire aesthetic. It's, it, it, that's it, y'all. Like, The Crow is goth. Like, you didn't, you watched that as a, as a young goth and you were like, this is my entire personality now. These are my people. These are my people. And so I was like, okay, well, you want to be like a 90s goth. That's like your aesthetic. I'm like, I'm here for it. That's fine. I would have loved to do that too had I been allowed to wear the color black. But have you seen The Crow? And they're like, The Crow. Rachel says this as she's wearing black shorts and a black t-shirt. This is because I'm, I'm what is it called? You're a Reed? liberated woman. Well, this is, you know, when you're a child you're not allowed to do something and then when you grow up you do it as a way of like exploring it the way you would have as a child it's called like reparentification that's why oh, a lot yeah. of older adults get stuffies and things where you yeah. you weren't allowed to have them as a child so you have to go through that you want to go through that period of exploring what it would have been like as a child to be able to have that or to do those things that you were restricted from doing that's why i'm wearing black but anyway no, I haven't seen The Crow. I was like, well, you have to see it. That's like, you know, and they're like, is it an old movie? Like, Ugh. I don't know. It's from the 90s. Like, you guys, you're all about the 90s. It's from the 90s. And they're like, oh, no, we don't watch old movies. Oops. Uh, okay. So that's probably what happened. They were like, I don't know. Nobody who watches this is going to know how a payphone works. It's fine. Who cares? No one's going to know about the Captain Crunch whistle. Half the people listening to this are probably like, the fuck is a Captain Crunch whistle? Just Google, Google it. Captain Crunch hacker. Yep. Yep. So. You'll get the whole story. That's my feeling about that. Um, We go from there to we finally. Yeah. that For for a master hacker like him. Yeah. Like he's portrayed. If he picked up the phone and that happened, that should have been a big red flag that hold up. I'm not on a standard network. He doesn't do old hacks. Ugh. Is that from the 90s? <laughs> <laughs> so they end up getting this truck. Old 
old hacks. Old hacks. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. The 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 structure of how computers work for like on Linux, Unix, BSD, whatever systems. Yeah. Is all based on stuff that was written in the 1970s. Yeah. So the the fundamental like way you think about how these things operate is all based built on top of how things are structured. Yeah, on computers. Uh, on computers. Yeah. He's a master computer hacker. Right, but he's not a phone hacker. That's an old hack. <laughs> I'm just doing it to poke you now. I know. All right, so we end up in the semi, and then we end up at a visitor center. Well, this is when he first uses the power legs. Yeah, the power legs, because he chases down the... They make him run real, real fast. I guess. He runs after the semi, and Matt and I decided that, canonically, they must replace some of the muscles in the upper part of his leg, because otherwise, it doesn't make his thigh stronger. It, it... Right, it, it wouldn't... Having the legs attached, the alien tech legs attached yeah. where they are, most of the thrust yeah that you get running comes from your hips and your butt and your butt um, and if if his like top of his femurs and his pelvis are all still just vanilla human biology right um if he tried to run like that the knees would extend more powerfully and just flip him over on his head. Right. So his his yeah, muscular his chain, his kinetic chain yeah. up to his like core needs to be replaced. Right. Although probably the best scene in the movie is when he finds out about his robot legs and he immediately checks his dick. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Oh, you think totally. Oh yeah. poor Jonah. <laughs> <laughs> That's <laughs> That's a good point. <laughs> from, <laughs> from the experience it. of a like horny like twenty ish year old, yeah. it's gonna be like, well, I can't use these. Yeah. Or these look like good the, strong hands. <laughs> these are not gonna be useful for what I need to use them for. <laughs> I can't type. I can't masturbate. The fuck are these things? <laughs> All I can do is punch stuff really hard. Super punch. Uh, yeah. Anyway, we end up at this visitor center and there's a map and i love how Haley is immediately like okay i'm not needed anymore so she just leaves because <laughs> he's trying to figure out the map and he's like well we came down this way we came to here and the road stopped and there was a big canyon and i know there was a bridge we had to have a bridge to be able to get here so blah 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 doesn't matter we meet i, up I with felt like here. when i get stuck i get fixated on a particular thing when we need to be doing something else and you're like, Matt, come on, stop, like, stop what you're doing. Yeah. We need to go do this other thing and I need you to come with me and help. And I'm like, no, I, I just need a few more minutes to fiddle with this and get it working. And so you just leave. Yeah. That's how I felt in this scene. Oh, when Haley's <laughs> just like, I'm going to go. She's like, you're I'll obviously... We can't rely on the maps here. Yeah. It's all just a construct. Why are you... Bothering with this. Why are you bothering with this? It's it's unreasonable for you to expect that the maps in the constructed place that's designed to keep us trapped are going to like give you useful information yeah. on how to escape the construct. Yeah, and then we had a scene here where somebody's sneaking up on the visitor center, and I thought they had a gun. I don't know. A lot happened, and then all of a sudden it was just I think Jonah. it was them sneaking up on James's place, oh, the guy who owned the semi. Gotcha. And I think it was one of those things where, where they were trying to confuse you. Well, I yeah. got confused. <laughs> yeah. Because they end up, at this point, Lawrence Fishburne is just shooting everybody who has contact yeah, with them. We're Did cutting he... between them surrounding a building, Yeah. covering all the openings in the building with plastic, Lawrence Fishburne... Uh, Damon is there. Yeah. But then through that whole sequence, we're cutting back to Nick and Haley yeah. at the visitor center. 
And then Damon cuts through the plastic and walks in the door. And instead of cutting back to the visitor center, or we do cut cut back to the visitor center, but nothing's happening. And right. then we cut back to Damon and he's confronting James, the semi driver. Correct. And then he ends up shooting him because. Yeah. These must be all the failed abductions. Yeah. Maybe. Or they've had them there so long they're going. To, we don't explain it. Yeah. We don't explain no it. explanation. No explanation. Which I appreciate leaving open. Yeah. You know, uh, leaving loose ends like that. As long as every, <laughs> as, as long as we're, as long as we're explaining some loose ends. Did we? But I don't think we explained any loose Did ends. Did we? This was a movie of loose ends. Yeah, you got to give me something so I feel like I, I wish I'd had more instead of giving me nothing. And then I'm like, I didn't. I don't care. I'm checked out now. Yeah, it's like uh, in in psychology. Yeah, there's a you know foundational experiment, whatever, with um, with mice, uh, like behavior behaviorists um and they would take uh two mice where one mouse is like 30 percent bigger right and at that size difference the bigger mouse uh, uh, mice like to wrestle like play wrestle they like to wrestle each mm -hmm. other so at that size difference the bigger mouse can always beat the smaller mouse right but if the bigger mouse is always winning, then the smaller mouse we'll will stop. refuse to play. Yeah. And so the bigger mouse needs to let the smaller mouse win about a third of the time so that the smaller mouse will continue engaging in invitations to play. Yeah. It's the same with plot hooks. Yeah, you got to give me some wins. You need to explain something, something. at some point. Even if it's not everything. I don't need everything. Right. Maybe it may be the same 30%. You yeah. need to feel like about a third of the time you're winning. You can handle two losses for every win. Yeah. Work with me. Work with me here. Because immediately Jonah is like, well, this is all fake. Your tattoo means Area 51. We've been abducted. This is all shit. Look, these cans are empty. There's only one road out. We're going to take your semi and get out of here. Somehow, we're going to get out of Area 51. None of, none of these extremely intelligent people have entertained the idea that they might not even be on Earth. I guess because right. then they there's no they escape. They have fundamental so. assumptions about where they are. I mean, it makes sense. You have to have that to believe you can get out. And if you right. don't have that, you're trapped forever. So what's the point in even fighting? You might as well go back to just angry glaring at Lawrence Fishburne. So they get in the semi and... Of course, they put Haley in the back seat again because she's basically cargo. What's the point? <laughs> that's that's her entire like function. She's the passenger princess. Yeah. Well, she's not even that because she's just sitting back there like, where are we going? What's happening? Because she's like confused or I don't know, whatever. So they end up driving. I don't know how they thought they were going to get through just by having the one guy in a spacesuit. Because Jonah's in a spacesuit and he's like, yeah, we're going to the other side. And they're like, okay, well, we have clearance to get through. Yeah. Um, again, you guys are supposed to be like the most intelligent people in the room. So, but they just stop them with a single concrete thing that pops up and they're like, you can't go any further. You need to get out of the car, whatever, whatever. I don't know. Chaos ensues. Jonah gets out. Jonah gets blown up, but he doesn't blow up because he comes out and gets shot. And apparently that's the thing that's going to kill him. Well, even that doesn't stop him. Yeah. That doesn't stop him because he's got power hands because then he punches the concrete yeah, he punches and then, the concrete pillar, the pylon that's holding the truck. Right. And then he does the like shockwave pound with his fists, which might have had more um, impact if it had at any point not been in slow motion or had sound or I don't know. Choices were made there and it just kind of lessened the impact of what we were going for. And in the end, they get caught by Lawrence Fishburne and literally smartest person in the room, Nick, Nick, who just called Damon an idiot like 30 plot minutes ago finally realizes that Damon is nomad backwards he's like <laughs> this is a... oh, that's nomad backwards <laughs> the... no shit Sherlock <laughs> there was a a Dan Brown book 
called Deception Point. Yeah. Where they did basically the same thing. <laughs> there was a guy that was in this organization that left on bad terms. And then sometime later, oh, no, a hacker is getting into our systems. Oh, no. And here's their name. And, yeah, it was like, um, oh, yeah. The, so the, the hacker's, like, handle was N Dakota. And the guy that left, his name, his last name was Tankado. <laughs> you didn't figure that out? <laughs> like, it was pretty obvious as soon as they mentioned Tankado, <laughs> this guy that designed the system and then left the organization on bad terms. I was like, and Dakota, Tankado. Okay. Great. Yet another, yet the smartest person in the room didn't realize, yeah, like an acronym yes. uh, or uh, a, you know, scrambling the letters. I know. Okay. And then they take Haley, they put her in a helicopter, and that off. And Nick is like, Ugh. I don't want to go. I'm I'm real sad. I'm real sad and okay, and agitated. So, so here's another loose end. When they're in the car with the crazy lady that listens with her mouth open, face up to the sky. Yeah. She looks at Nick and says, remember, push from the inside out. And I think that's supposed to be uh, like advice on how to use the alien tech no, stuff. No, that's how he gets out because he runs out the wall. You think so? Yeah. I thought I think it was it's, more no, of like I think an internal feeling mm -hmm. of how you use no, the alien No, I think tech. you're looking for a scalpel when what we got was a hammer. <laughs> because he takes off and he we got We got a rubber mallet. He breaks the sound barrier. Should he be able to breathe while running that fast? Uh, he doesn't need to breathe. Okay. All right. Fine. So he runs really fast away from Lawrence Fishburne because he's like, N -n -n. and so he runs off. He, and he hits a wall <laughs> traveling at supersonic <laughs> velocity and does not liquefy he does not liquefy <laughs> so it's fine so the alien tech must have penetrated farther than just his thighs mm. this this reinforces my theory yeah that the alien tech is only visible below the mid thigh yeah but it actually penetrates through the entire top of the thigh up into the hip and probably up into the spine. Yeah. And it probably goes farther Must. inside his body for him to not liquefy when he hits a wall. <laughs> <laughs> well, he breaks through the wall. Yeah. Okay. So he gets through the wall on the other side and it's Dark City. It's a floating bubble in space with this simulated city inside of it. Yeah. Every time Rachel was speculating about what's going on, I kept wanting to say... No, it's Dark City. <laughs> it's dark. It's like the not as interesting version of Dark City. And then he turns around and Lawrence Fishburne is walking up to him and he's like, oh, yes, the perfect confluence of human will and alien technology. You are our greatest creation. And then he like takes his, <laughs> takes his helmet off. He takes his helmet off and he looks side to side exclusively to show that he was only a face this entire time. There's nothing on the other side of him. He's just like, look at my, look at the back of my head. Which Isn't that cool? is, look at the back of my it's head. a movement. It's the same head side to side movement that he did multiple times earlier in the movie. And you criticized, why do they always move their heads in slow motion when they're wearing a suit like that? Yeah. Oh, because I, oh, he's a slow because motion it's, robot. It's like, I don't know. This is how he moves his head and it's I a guess. constant thing. Maybe he's got gyroscopes in there, and it's hard for him to <laughs> he, turn. He can only side. move his head so fast. Yeah. Yeah. They need to turn that, so he's got two gyroscopes going, like that one battle bot that has two to cancel out the gyroscopic mm -hmm. turn. Yeah. Well, anyway. Um, yeah, that's the big reveal. And honestly, at that point in the movie, I was like, oh, okay, that's great. I don't know. This was not the outing that love was. I feel like love, I remembered years later. I was like, oh, what was that one movie we watched? Where it was a civil love war guy. Love was a lot more introspective. 
Yeah, Love had a lot more to say. I didn't think this movie said anything. I think it was just It was like, entertaining. It was like, look this... at my power legs and my power hands and shit. Isn't that cool? Right. And we see the same like white alien material, whatever, sticking out of Haley's spine. Yeah. But we don't ever we investigate don't cut, no, that. We don't talk about that. We don't. Maybe there was know. plans for more of that. Was there? I don't know. William Eubank didn't write this one alone. This is like a team of writers that wrote this one. Maybe that's why the plot feels confusing. It doesn't feel like a singular vision. Yeah, it's like narrative by committee. Yeah, I, I, I get where they were trying to go. And like mad props for how good it looks. The legs look great. The hands look oh, yeah. great. All the scenes look amazing. In 2014, yeah. this was like cutting edge. This was good. Like the motion capture CG yeah. replacing his legs so that they're see-through. Right. Which it's a fixed camera angle, so that's not... At the time, that was still you know, cool. cutting edge. I love how they get around it. They have him wrap up his legs. Yes. So you yeah. can't see him. He's like, oh, get them out and of my sight. I really appreciate how how they incorporate that into the plot that yeah. he's it's um you know, he's suffering when he looks at his legs yeah so he covers them up so that he doesn't have to like be traumatized right. by no, it. it works out great and yes. it saves them money so bang bang great love it choices yes. were made they were win, good choices win. i just feel like the plot wasn't where i wanted it to be but i doesn't mean that it's not for somebody else it just means this isn't my favorite character type i'm never gonna like this movie yeah i'm never gonna like that there is one movie that i like where the main character is the asshole semi-intelligent middle and not maybe middle class but white dude mediocre mediocre white dude who whatever and that's goodwill hunting yeah, I'm cool. That's fine. He's good. I like that character. Matt Damon's character is great. This character, Because he actually grows. Yeah, he has um, more than one emotion. He has, how do you like them apples? Which is one of my favorite scenes. I got her number. How do you like them apples? Um, but this was not my favorite character. I think uh, if his if his direction was to be agitated the entire time, then he did a fabulous job. If they were hoping for nuance, well, we didn't get that. Uh, Haley did fine during the time she was conscious um, to move the plot forward, which was her sole purpose in this entire movie. We had a very limited number of sets, which worked out great. They basically just rented some tiled rooms for a couple of days and roamed about in them. Although going into the bathroom and there being no doors on the stall was. That was that was a nice effect. Yeah. To be like, this facility is not built to convenience you. Yeah. This facility is built to keep you observed. Right. Yeah. That I thought was interesting. They definitely tried. They were like, okay, here's some unsettling elements. Let's throw you in these unsettling elements and see what where that gets you. I just don't think it was unsettling as they wanted it to be. Right. I don't think it had the impact they were hoping it would have. At least not on me. Did you like it the first time you watched through it? I was entertained the first time I watched it. Yeah. I, I think for this kind of movie, I can enjoy it more than you because I'm more willing to just fill in the the gaps on yeah, the world building. That's true. And I'll just make shit up <laughs> in my head about, <laughs> oh, yeah, they didn't bother with this because yeah. maybe something like this happened. Right. I'm always – I can rationalize my way through the the loose ends. Correct. Um it's harder now because I'm I'm a more introspective person now than I used to be. Right. And so I notice the loose ends are more obvious to me now as, wait, wait, they didn't actually explain that. Yes. And I don't know if it's like a personal like self-development thing or if it's like a just – skill problem solving development that I from you know career wise but yeah the, those kind of lapses are more visible to me now than they were nine years ago okay 
I don't know, Kate and Hannah do the same thing where we'll be reading a book. And they're like, no, no, this is the backstory for that. And I'm like, well, that's not in the book. I, that You made that up. I need it. I don't need it given to me. I want it. I'm trying to figure out how to phrase this. I can fill that in if I want to. But the point is, I don't want to. I want you to tell me what your thoughts were. I yeah. want you to create a fully fleshed out narrative so that I don't have to add the fill in the gaps for you. Right. That's the writer's job. Yeah. That to me, that's the writer's job. And I, I will do. I mean, I'll put up with a fair amount of. Okay, I didn't get an answer to that. That's fine. Or we abandoned that plot right. line. That's cool. I'm, there's a loose end about these other people that just live in this world. Right. Where there did were they a, come there from? There were a bunch of people at the truck stop. Yeah. Did they go and kill Where every did single they come person from? at the truck stop? I'm perfectly okay with Not knowing. Like, NPCs' backstories. Right. But you know maybe what I some more, I think some some shots or some scenes of... Damon and the other like suited people actually interacting, interacting with each other when they think they're not being observed by Nick or yeah. Jonah, that would have really fleshed out like, oh, here's some hints. Here's here's them just discussing what's going on with Nick and Jonah and Haley, whatever. Right. And they don't need to actually say anything, but just throw in some some implications some or even eerily them all hanging out and not talking to each other yeah and just, just like sitting down in a room together and yeah. not even like looking at each right. other and i think yeah. what would have helped is to actually have productive conversations between nick and damon because right. and then we could switch to like a damon like other suited people where they contradict what damon told nick right or they reinforce it but in a suspiciously um you know kind of over the top way right we could have had some good di we don't have a lot of good dialogue and we all know i'm a dialogue i'm a sucker for good dialogue and we don't get a lot of good we don't actually have that much dialogue at all and the what we do have is pretty pretty sparse because it's mostly nick having a little baby hissy fit and then damon going oh come on nick don't be like that when we could have had some, I think we get one cool line, which was, you came out there looking for something. What you have to ask yourself is, did you find what you were looking for? We could have gotten more like that. Yeah. And that would have been great. Like in Pandorum, where we get so much cryptic dialogue, it really pushes the plot forward. Because we finally meet a guy and he tells like the creation story of the ship. And it finally puts you in this like, holy shit, how long have they been down here? Yeah. How much of that is true? Like what actually happened? What does what that, how does that correspond to like real events? You, you get enough that you're like, oh my God, okay, I'm, I'm in this. We just read that book um, by Halden B. Doyle. It's actually yeah. four novellas. And you don't get a lot of clarification on anything, but each character interaction gives you just enough that you're willing to go to the next character interaction to see if you get a little bit more. Yeah. And it keeps, it's like breadcrumbs that pull the you. The character development and the chemistry. Yeah. When it works is so compelling. And the information breadcrumbs pull you through the narrative. If there's no breadcrumbs, I don't have a trail to follow. I'm just going to sit down by this tree and fall asleep. So I think we just lacked breadcrumbs. And I think that it, did not make it feel like I wanted to keep watching this movie because there was no mystery that I felt I was trying to solve. It was just like, okay, this character is just going to be an asshole. Okay, I'm never going to, this guy's not going to let me figure anything out. He's not a good audience stand-in because he doesn't know what's going on. I don't know what's going on, but he clearly doesn't care what's going on. He just wants to get out. So, okay. But I guess we'll leave it at that. We're going to go and do William Eubanks Underwater next. And I think that one might have been like 80 million. I'll look it up before we start. Uh, I think you said 20. Yeah. So he's going to get another. Another uh, big bump. Big bump. So good. Good for him. I'm excited. It's got Kristen Stewart in it. And I'm here for the renaissance of Kristen Stewart. I think it's totally unfair that she's continually judged by how shitty she is in Twilight. It's like Robert Pattinson has worked real, real hard to, to distance, distance himself. himself from Twilight. Yeah. Like. He just went and did stage stuff for a while. Yeah. 
just to stay out of like Hollywood. Yeah. And then since he's gotten back into Hollywood stuff, he's like, we all fucking hated Twilight. <laughs> um, <laughs> he hated being in Twilight. I mean, poor Kristen. She was closeted. It was one of her first roles. She has to be this. Pants. Pants, the character. Oh, that will explain that if we ever do Twilight. We'll do Twilight eventually. Um, and the, she didn't get a lot to work with. And then everyone's like, well, she was a, a, a dish rag. She was a terrible character. We're like, well, that's, that's. No, she did a good job portraying yeah, the character as written. That's Bella in the book, guys. That's yeah. Bella from the book. But that's that's a hot take. There's still yeah. people out there who She was good in Zathura. Wasn't she the asshole sister yeah. in Zathura? Yeah. It was a convincing character. Yeah, she was a good asshole character. What was she in immediately after that? Jumper? Wasn't she? She had like a bit part uh, in Jumper with Hayden Christensen. I, yeah, hmm. she's like the child of his mother. When he finally finds his mother, she answers the door. Oh, yes. Yes, she yeah. is. Yeah. Yeah, she's in the movie for like 10 seconds. Or right. And she's got, she was, uh, she played Diana, Princess Di in a movie. So she's I gone on. I haven't seen anything in the last few years with her. In oh, it. she's been in stuff. Yeah. yeah she's I, been in some I've really seen she's stuff. been in stuff, but yeah. I haven't. She's been doing like um, Robert Pattinson, where for a while he just stayed in the indie scene. Yeah. He stayed in the like cool biopics, cool, like edgy movie scene. And then he came back for Batman. Yeah. And everyone was like, oh, great. Edward's going to be Batman. Like, guys, he's done stuff since then. Can we all just yeah. move on, please? Um, he worked with Willem Dafoe. I'm pretty sure Willem Dafoe will vet anybody. So good to go. He played in the lighthouse with yes. Willem Dafoe. Yes. I, I really want to watch that movie. Yeah. We'll do that eventually, too. But we'll leave it here. We're going to watch Underwater, and then we will report back. Hopefully, it's a lot better. Hopefully, it's more like love. I'm chasing that love high. So, okay. Let's say, in summary. Okay. You want to summarize. Go. The This movie was entertaining. Yes. The special effects were really good. Yes. Especially considering the time period and the budget. He's very good at utilizing his budget. Yes. Yes. Um, we saw consistent themes. Uh, and I guess styles yep. of filming. Yes. Where we get slow motion in these scenes that he's really trying to emphasize the impact. Right. Um, and uh, what else? Flashing lights. Um, but we didn't feel like the narrative themes were fully explored or had the payoff they were hoping they would have. Right. Yeah. I think in love, we really had the emotional and experiential exploration. Well, I think love was so different. You don't come to it with anything. Yes. Love like, was so out there. It was so out there. You just but enjoy this, it for what it is. This kind of fits into some expectations. Right. You're a sci-fi nerd. You know this one. This is the unsettled alien abduction movie. Yeah. The something has happened in space, and now I'm going to be freaked out about it for an hour and 45 minutes until I figure out whatever that is. This is Event Horizon, it's Pandorum, it's Dark City, it's all of those Yeah. main character dropped in a fishbowl, what's going to happen? But we didn't get to actually explore any, any of the details of what this like right. floating space station-y thing is, um, why it's there, why there are human-faced things running experiments on humans. Yeah. Exploring just kind of one path into backstory about what's what's driving this whole operation. Right. Would have really reinforced this movie. Right. And having Haley do anything other than just sleep. Sleep. Sleep or would have get into shenanigans that drives the plot forward. Right. Yeah. So, entertaining movie. Yeah, it was entertainment. It was fine. Yeah. Um, considering the context, well done movie. Well yeah. executed I movie. I don't feel immediately compelled to rewatch it. That doesn't mean I won't someday. Right. But I'm not like, ooh, that was good. I want to share that with a friend. But yeah, I'm definitely looking forward to the uh, Underwater. Yeah. Did, um Did he write Underwater or did well, he just Well, we will it? find out in the episode. All right. Await it next week. Oh, yeah. Until next time. Oh. Too many podcasts. Uh. So remember, 
Sometimes the strangest things are the most beautiful, too. So be who you are and love what you love. Until next time, friends. Bye. Bye.